Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us from Sam. Sam, who has listened since episode 14, the Superpowers Podcast. Woo! And around episode 30, Sam asked us for our favorite musicals. Today's episode is <clears throat> 160, so, so we're a wee bit late. Specifically movie Movie mu- musicals, yes. yes. Sorry, movie musicals. So we're a wee bit late, and that's my fault, because I haven't seen a lot. I'm trying. I know. I've I've been trying, Sam. I know. I, 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 know. I keep, I'm like, hey, Dave, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, an awkward rape fantasy musical is on TCM. You should totally watch it. And I think I've got that one PVR now. I, just, I think you do. I, I just haven't had a chance to watch it. But today's the day. We went through and we we went. I found a bunch of movies that are music. Well, we kind are of musical enough. Musical <laughs> enough that we could count them. Yep. And I I had like twenty one total musicals to Sean's yep. twenty musicals that he is ranked at a nine or a ten. Yeah. So we're close to the same amount. My watch list, I think, was one hundred and twenty eight total. Wow. So. Anyway, this one goes out to Sam, who has been patiently waiting for this topic for two Ever. years. <laughs> So, thanks for your patience, Sam. Three episodes after the Superpower episode is when we preview the 2014 FIFA World Cup Brazil. <laughs> That's how long Sam has waited for you to be able to talk about movie musicals. Oh, so it's been two and a half years. Yeah, it has been. Perfect. Well, I mean, ideally I would have been able to see more classic mu- uh, musicals. Right. But- Sam kind of reminded us recently, and he's like, hey, been listening for a while, still haven't done the movie musicals, so what are the chances you're going to do that? Yeah. So we'll, we just went with what I had. And I'm pretty happy with my list. I'm, I'm yeah. very content with it. So, And this is one of the lists that will change. 100%. Dave will see a pile of the ones that are on my list, essentially, because... These are the ones that I'm like, hey, Dave, they're on Turner Classic Movies. You should record this. I think you'll like it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I mean, there's some that... I haven't seen all of A Nightmare on... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's the one. I was like, A Nightmare on Elm Street? That's so wrong. Yeah, I haven't seen all of A Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. Right. Uh, I haven't seen the new Sweeney Todd. Right. Like, there's there's a... Well, any Sweeney Todd, other than the, the stage version. But right. I haven't... Like, there's a lot of classic ones that I haven't seen. I haven't seen West Side Story. So, like, there's a lot of things that I should see that I haven't yet. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting to it. Exactly. But in the meantime, I've got my sweet list of 12. Yep. I'm pretty happy with it. Great. And as I was able to hold A sharp longer than Dave could, thank you classical training, I get to go first. So my first honorable mention is Topsy Turvy. Okay. And the, why is this your honorable mention? It's my honorable mention because it's borderline musical. Right. But it's about the making of a musical. Sure. For people who haven't seen it, it's a British film from 1999. It's nominated for a bunch of Oscars, so there's a chance that it's a little bit more well-known. I'm not sure why I don't remember hearing about this when it first came out. Uh, I mean, I was in grade 10, so... And a huge Gilbert and Sullivan fan in grade 10 <laughs> Barhead, right? Totally. Right? <laughs> I totally heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to my elementary school, so grade 2 we did the Mikado. Oh, good. But still, yes. Uh, anyway, it's about Gilbert and Sullivan, a play of theirs flops, and it's them going from their play flopping through the process of making the Mikado and the Mikado opening. So all of the musicals, like, moments from it are the Mikado, essentially. Right. 
So it's not the Mikado. It's a movie about the making of the Mikado. Right. But, so there's music in it. Yeah. But it's just, it's not a, a film version of the Mikado. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not like Les Mis, where you're literally watching Les Mis, where no one talks. It's just the song. Sure. Okay. No. So that's, I wanted to give it a shout out because I know it is a lesser known film. I think I talked about it in films of the 90s as well. You have, because yeah. you, you, when you were talking about it, when we, before we started recording, you're like, I don't know if this is a musical or not. I do remember you telling me about yeah. that. So it sounds like a really cool movie, and at some yeah. point I will watch that. And So that's why it's in there. Okay, cool. My first honorable mention is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Sure. I mean, you've got... Uh, Willy Wonka sings a bunch of different songs. Yep. Charlie and his grandpa sing songs. The Oompa Loompa sing songs. Like, there are... And I, I, even Violet Beauregard at one point sings songs. Like, there's a lot of different songs in it, but it's not... It doesn't feel like a musical. Right? And exactly. I get that. Yeah. And I think a lot of... I mean, at a certain point, I was kind of reticent to do this because I was like, oh, I don't really care for music, uh, movie musicals. Yeah. But... This one, like, when you think about it and there's songs in it and, and you, you you don't really notice because it's not a quote-unquote musical. I keep giving right. air quotes and nobody else can see yeah. it. It's not, a, it's not a standard definition of a musical, but when there's songs in it, I don't, it doesn't really bother me. And I don't know what the difference is there. And then I just realized I had to get my own head out of my butt and realize that maybe musicals aren't that bad and have kind of seen the light there. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, it depends on the musicals you've been seeing. When you're growing up and you watch The Sound of Music, we are not the target audience for The Sound of Music. Mm -mm. If that's what you go in thinking, okay, they're colorful, they're sappy, they're way too long, and then that's it? Okay. Sure. And that's that's why I'm not terribly, I don't really care if I have never seen West Side Story. I know I should because it, it's an Oscar winner. Yeah, it yeah, is. So I feel like I should just to get my list of Oscar winners I've seen. It's up, also but... better than The Sound of Music. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, there's pretty great dancing. Like, like yep. there's a lot of... I just know it's really long. It's not as long as Sound of Music. Oh, well, then I don't know why I've had such an aversion to watching West Side Story. No, I, it's about gang warfare in New York, right? Dave. I don't know why I just... Whatever. Sharks and Jets and the song about America... You already know it. I know, I already know it. The amount of times I've referenced West Side Story when it's like two rival people, I'm like, oh, you guys are like the Sharks and the Jets. Yeah. And people look at me like I'm an idiot because it's usually people who don't know anything about musical theater. How many times do we do the snapping walk? Right? University especially, you don't study theater and not do that walk. You walk down the hallway and you see a friend walking the other one it's just like... And... I know so much about West Side Story, also because of Archie Comics, yes. but I know a bunch about West Side Story, but have never seen it. So, yeah. I'll get there. So, uh, uh, Charlie and the Child Factory? Wonka, yeah. Great, great <laughs> music. Uh, I mean, it's weird that you can have a musical based on a Roald Dahl film or book, but whatever. Nah, why Works not? out pretty well. So that's my first honorable mention. Great. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned it, but Nightmare Before Christmas is my other honorable oh, okay, mention. Oh, okay, great. You sure it's not Nightmare on Elm Street? I am the positive. I would watch that. I would totally <laughs> watch that. <laughs> uh, this is one of those ones I've seen bits and pieces, but have never seen it all the way through, so I can't count it as having seen it. Yeah. Um, anybody from our generation knows this 
even if they haven't seen it. Like, yep. I remember when it came out. I think it was being previewed when I got the Home Alone cassette tape. Like, the first yeah. Home Alone, it was, like, one of the trailers coming soon from... It was. Whatever. Tim Burton. Yeah, right? Yep. So, what's this? Sinister's magic everywhere. I mean... Yep, this is Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I know a lot of the songs. It's just a matter Tons of... Tons about Jack Skellington. Right. Yeah. I just... That one's a harder one to find. Like, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not. Pretty sure it is. Is it? Because I believe I watched it at Christmas. Oh, okay. Maybe it comes on and off depending on what... It might. Yeah, because it's not one of those ones that they don't necessarily need it on all the time, but I do kind of remember it coming on. I always try and watch either that or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on Christmas Eve. Always. Oh, Oh, look at that. Nightmare Before Christmas is on Netflix. Yeah. Perfect. So if I can't get those... There was one year I had neither, so I just watched South Park's Christmas specials and then a Black Adder Christmas Carol, and I was pretty happy with that. That's a pretty good alternative. But, uh, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. Just about lost my book. Uh, my, My second honorable mention is School of Rock. Yeah. Again. It feels more musical than Willy Wonka. Sure. But I get it. It's also more like a rock opera, but you have Jack Black singing. You have, like, it's... it's And it's now a musical, which didn't change that much from the film. Right. So, So yeah. I feel like it's one of those ones that we could kind of let slide, which is why it ranked higher than Willy Wonka. Right. And closer to my actual list. Um, but also why, like, I'd rather have this one than... And, I mean, The Pick of Destiny could also be considered a musical. Sure, yeah, Tenacious D. Like, there's a bunch on there that I was like, ah, these ones are close. They could be considered this. Anyway. Well, when you think about Rock of Ages, it's the same basic premise. Sure. Or, uh, what was that? The Julie Taymor Beetle Across the Universe? Yeah, yeah. So, those are musicals. Yeah, totally. I just haven't seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Much to the shock and surprise of everyone who listens to right? our podcast. <laughs> Dave hasn't seen a movie Sean just mentioned? What? Uh, I'll get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. This one's going to be great for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys. This one's going to be embarrassing. We went through, before we hit record, I asked Sean if I've seen any of them, and he's like, maybe one? Like, oh, yep. good. That bodes well for Two me. would be a wonderful surprise. <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. Number 10. Uh-huh. La La Land. I haven't seen it yet. Well, there goes my hope. <laughs> Damn it. Actually, there might be one higher up, but still. I was going to, and then things fell through, and... That's I, fair. Yeah. It's also something that's just come out. Yes. So. It's very new. It is as good as people are saying it is. I know there was some blowback because there was a lot of hype, but at the end of the day, it's a tribute to the classic Hollywood musicals, right. which are the next nine selections on my list. So it's it's made for somebody like me as it is. It is the showy, the fantastically shot, all of that together, bright, colorful, good music. Yeah. It's interesting because my Facebook feed right around the time of the Oscars when everybody's trying to watch all the movies that have been nominated and everything. A right. lot of people were watching La La Land and some people loved it. Yep. And other people absolutely hated it. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of in-between. And a lot of the people who hated it were theater people. But it's just... To be fair, Ryan Gosling does watch his feet while he dances. Okay. Which is kind of irritating. Uh, they're not the strongest. They're not Broadway people. They're not right. the strongest. 
So could it have been different if they hadn't cast these two? Sure. But it still works. And nobody makes movies like that anymore. So, well, that's the thing, is it's something different. It's one yep. of the reasons why Hail Caesar was on both of our top, top yep. ten lists from, the, for from the year. 2016. Exactly. Because it was a throwback to that era of film. Yeah. And so if it's a throwback to something like, why not make grandiose movies with big sets and like studio sets and stuff that look... Yeah. Like, sure, it's... it's there's a it, there's a certain feel to it. It's one of the reasons why I like the artist so much is because it's yep. a throwback to that time period. Yeah, well, still modern. So. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing La La Land. Will it stay there? I don't know. It's very fresh, right? right? So maybe on repeated watches, it might go up. It might slip off the list, and then Hairspray will move back up. No, I don't know. Made my list. So yeah. Sure. So we'll see. Okay. My number ten is, I mean, speaking of Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins. Great. Um, it's got dancing penguins. I it, approve. That's basically the only reason I love it. Well, ah, no, that's not true. That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> that's how desperate you were to fill it out. Right. I really like those animated penguins Disney did, so <laughs> that. Uh... I I watched Mary Poppins fairly regularly when I was growing up. Okay. It was a really charming movie. Um, I mean, Dick Van Dyke is the Cockney chimney sweep was a weird choice. <laughs> yeah, a little. But I mean, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I just always assumed that Dick Van Dyke was Cockney, and then realized that he's, you know, American. Yeah. But he could also do pratfalls, and he could do yep. kind of the physical comedy that went along with being Bert the chimney sweep. Yep. And so I get why they did it. It's just a weird, kind of a weird choice. But yeah. it was still like it was it was good. I mean, I I still remember the a lot of the songs and. And I thought that she was just, like, it's a charming film. Favorite um, song? My favorite song? From Mary Poppins, yeah. Mine would be Let's Go Fly a Kite. I oh, love that it's song. it's so good. It's so beautiful, just watching him finally realize, and then it's that lightness. Yeah. yeah I like it, that one. Really, um, uh, probably Chim, Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim Cheru. I don't okay. know what the actual... Sure. Chim Chimini, uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you kind of get the reprise of it, when he's on the rooftop, and it... it slows down a little bit. I was like, yeah. damn, this is very good. Did, very cool. Did you see, and I know I'm bracing myself for disappointment. I'm going to so, guess probably not, but I don't know what you're asking. The recent film that was about the making of Mary Poppins where Tom Hanks plays. Not yet, but I've heard wonderful things about it. That's uh, Saving Mr. Banks? That's it, yeah. Yeah. I was like, Saving Mr. Ryan. Disney. Yeah. Uh, Saving yeah. Mr. Ryan. You know, that other movie with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. The songs in that are great. <laughs> no, but I've heard it's wonderful. It's very good. I th- if you like Mary Poppins, which you obviously do, as it made your top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will it. definitely check it out. It's just a matter of like another one of those ones, and like, well, when it's on TV and I have the chance, I'll watch it. That was the thing. It was on the movie network, yeah. and I was like, oh crap, yeah, and recorded and watched yeah. it. So, anything else on Mary Poppins? I like the Simpsons spoof of it too. Sherry Bobbins, right? I mean, super Expialidocious. Oh, I, yeah. That's the name of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's also been. I've seen it as supercalifragilisticexpialidisgruntled. Disgruntled go, grunt shiss. Yeah. yeah. Dough. Which I get. But either yeah. way, I was like, I mean, you've got the whole. Oh, God. The entire episode is so good. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a long time. That may be one I have to track down again. Yeah. Because it's so good. Like, Watch uh, it online. Yeah, groundskeeper Willie singing uh, "Maniac" and then dousing water on himself, yeah. and then seeing Sherry Bobbins, and then right at the end when she goes flying off the re- with her umbrella. Hey, it's just great. So, yep. well done, Simpsons. Spoonful of sugar. Yeah, <laughs> that's the American way, right? 
<laughs> cut every corner. Cut every corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah, and then um, buy me a beer. Oh God, sing us a song, Sherry Bobbins. I've been singing you all bloody day. Fine. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's, it's great. So it's a nice tip of the hat to a musical I, I really enjoy. Oh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what movie haven't I seen now? Uh, Gold Diggers of 1933. I'll give you a high five if you can tell me what year it came out in. So it wasn't 1933. Is that your answer? No, because I feel like it was Gold Diggers of 1933, so it's going to be like a documentary musical. So I'm guessing... 1934. 1933. Dang it! No high fives for Dave. <laughs> Cunt, <Concern> it. <laughs> what? Really? Yes. That's so weird. Well, but they made... It, it's a series. So they made Gold Diggers of 1936, Gold Diggers of 1938. Oh, I see. Gold Diggers of 1933 is just the first one. So they couldn't have just named it Gold Diggers? No. Okay. Because they are of 1933. Fine. <laughs> Of course that logic makes sense. <laughs> Don't argue with the 30s, Dave. <laughs> you can't win. Okay. Um, so, are they about, like, minors? No. Damn it. It's about Broadway. Oh. That was close. <laughs> Essentially, there's chorus girls who learn a producer is putting on a new show and the producer is essentially putting on the new show because he wants to provide work the depression right okay so he's trying to get a show put together to help all of his friends in that to work again because they need money too right uh but he doesn't have the money they hire a composer who is the girl's next door neighbor like he's but he's you can hear him playing music across the universe an alley Okay. Or really, 30s New York, right? So it's the small little, the brownstones are super close totally. together. Yeah. It's all walk-up In stuff. the building next to them. Right. Yeah. So essentially, it's just, it's the story of them putting that show together. Okay. Cool. There's more to it. Obviously, I don't want to spoil it. There's always it. more to it when there's musicals. I mean, you, you can only give the, the basic plot, and then after that, it's like, well, I can't get into too much more. Yeah. Unless it's like, Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's a st- it's a fairly standard musical story for the '30s. So it's getting a show put together. It's about the music. It's about the spectacle. It's Busby Berkeley. Okay. It has one of the most iconic Busby Berkeley dance numbers in it of all time. Oh, okay. Uh, which a lot of you, if you look up Gold Diggers of 1933 and you look at it, you will recognize this. It's the it's a song about the forgotten men. So it's the the men who fought in the war who were left behind. Right. So think Boardwalk Empire, Richard and them, who were, there's no veterans affairs, there's no that sort of stuff. Sure. So it's this big, sweeping Busby Berkeley piece. Busby Berkeley being one of, if not, <sighs> arguments about Bob Fosse, I suppose, but one of the most important and biggest choreographers ever. Okay. He also directed a lot of early musicals as well, but he's the one, when you think classic musical with the crazy set pieces where all of the dresses are and they're all synchronized perfectly and yeah. everything's sweeping, that's almost always a Busby Berkeley. Cool. Okay. So. Yeah. Cause like, I've never seen any of them, but I've seen clips of all of them. Yeah. If you watch any of those AFI top 100 movie things, when they yeah. show these movies, it's like, oh man. Here it is, and that is because I definitely Busby know the name Busby Berkeley. Like, yep. that's it. It is synonymous with musicals. Even if I wouldn't have been able to tell you what he did, right? I knew that he was synonymous with early musicals. Yeah, 
Cool. So, yeah. Okay, gold diggers of 1933. Okay. 35 is okay. Okay. 37 or 38, whichever the last one was, was at that point it kind of got tired. I've got an idea. Okay. Gold diggers of 2017. Sure. 2018. We won't be able to get it done by this point. Yeah. If you see the choreography and music in these, might want to aim for 2019. <laughs> Gold Diggers of 2033. Ah. The 100-year anniversary. That would actually be awesome. Dear MGM. There you go. I'm just chock full of ideas, you guys. <laughs> Do you know the song, We're in the Money? Oh, yeah. That's from this. Oh. It is the opening number of Gold Diggers of 1933 is the song We're in the Money. Okay. So you know it from Looney Tunes. You know oh, it from you know everything. It from anywhere. I think they sing it on The Simpsons. Yeah. That's what this is from. Okay. Cool. So. My number nine is Blues Brothers. Kate? I would absolutely consider this a musical. Again, sure. it's a, kind of a weird version of a musical. It's but... a musical with a car chase. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the French Connection meets... Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the worst choice on your list. Well, I didn't want to tip... I didn't want to I give anything that. away, but I guess I could have... Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, Blues Brothers. <laughs> Jake and Elwood Blues, they're mm-hmm. trying to save the orphanage where they grew up because they were... They owed a bunch of back taxes or something like that. Yep. And So they're on a mission from and God. So they're on a mission from God to try and save this. And they're getting their band back together. The band who's broken up after Elwood went to jail. Yes. And, you know, like, a lot of the songs are them getting the band back together and... Or the theme from Rawhide. Or, or the theme from Rawhide. <laughs> or Stand By Your Man. Yeah. Or Cal... Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head singing Minnie the Moocher. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's just... It's a fun show, but there's a lot of music into it, and a lot of it is like, I mean, the guest stars. You got Aretha Franklin, and you've got I think James. Oh, James Brown plays, James Brown. plays the the preacher, yep. and it's just really, really well done. Yeah, yeah. It's so like a Motown soul R and B kind of musical. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so less of a traditional musical again, but uh, <laughs> and I notice how I didn't say blues. Glad <laughs> you didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> well. I mean, they do everything but, kind of, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's... I think in our crappy sequels, we talked about the Blues Brothers 2000. I believe so. It certainly was on our list. I don't know if we ever actually got to it, because there was other ones that were worse that we had to talk about. Right. But the first, the original is so good. And if you haven't seen it, it's really good. Carrie Fisher is in it. Yeah, weirdly. Oddly enough, and like everything kind of comes together, and then there's a gigantic car chase at the end, and it's yeah, it's absurd. ridiculous. Yeah, it's really fun. Great, Blues Brothers. My number eight is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Okay, which you haven't seen all of. I haven't seen or haven't given enough of enough love to. Yeah, our professor always made us watch it. Like always, when Sean took the same class that I took in separate years, both yep. times Jim made us watch it. I just. For some reason, I think it was just before Christmas, and I can't remember, like, I think we got to leave early, and I was like, well, I could stay and watch this movie, or I could not be here. Yep. And so I think I left so I could not be in class anymore. Whereas I sat and watched a funny thing happen on the way to the forum. Sure. I've also seen it, otherwise I own it. It's, so it's not, yeah. Yeah. But it's, what I remember of it was very good. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Funny. Yes. Because it better be, because it's... In the title. Yeah. There's a forum. Right? So, I mean, like, 
<laughs> it's not like Naked Lunch, you guys. It's not a deceiving title. There's nope. not two things wrong with that title. No. It's about a slave uniting a virgin courtesan and his young smitten master to earn his freedom. Essentially. But it's a weird, madcappy sort of 60s comedy version of that starring uh, Zero Mostel, I believe. Okay. Buster Keaton's in it. Really? Oh, yeah. Buster Keaton's uh, erroneous. Really? Yes. I didn't think I knew that. Obviously, I didn't know that. Otherwise, I would have been so surprised. Be like, Buster Keaton's in that? Yes, I know. That's the reaction you would have had. Yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. I had no idea he was even around in the 60s. Like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I just don't know what, when he, he stopped, when his era stopped. But Well, he did fade out for a while. He, he did pass away in 1966. Oh, so okay. this is one of the last things he did. Okay. And he'd be more well known for his work in the twenties, obviously. Sure, but yeah, all the pratfalls and the like, the yeah. ridiculous Some, stunts I, I've that shown, he did. I've and, shown you a couple. Oh yep. There's, there's somebody posted something a while back on Facebook about Buster Keaton. And, Is that the trailer to a funny thing happened on the way to forum? Apparently. <laughs> It just started playing. Like, I put my phone down. I know. Just, away from me. Literally, Sean put it behind him. And it's going again. <laughs> nope. I think we're good. Okay. Anyway, somebody posted something on Facebook about a bunch of, like, about Buster Keaton and how he wanted to, how everything had to be perfect. And yeah. just how much of a perfectionist he was. And, like, it how, had to be or he would die. Right? <laughs> yeah. And some of the stuff that he did, it's just like, how, how was he capable of doing that? Yeah. Like, the there's the one with the paddle wheel where he's going around, like... Yep. Oh, man. When he runs the paddle wheel? Yeah. It's yep. just... It's remarkable. His Everything on tremendous. the train yep. for the general, amazing. Steamboat Bill Jr., amazing. Seven Chances, I think, is the one where he had a line of crew hurling stuff at him downhill, and he had to, like, run and jump over it at in real time. That's <laughs> insane. Like, the guy was just tremendous. Yeah, so, he's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about... I'm glad we were able to talk about Buster Keaton in our musicals podcast. Yeah. Well, considering every movie on the rest of my list came out from uh, at minimum 40 years before either of us were born, we're going to be talking about some older actors. Super! My number eight is Cannibal. Yay! Cannibal the Musical. Cannibal the Musical. Right. For people who haven't seen Cannibal the Musical, which is probably not a lot of people... It's not super easy to get. It's not... Our friend Derek bought the, I think he ordered the DVD somehow or yeah. got a burned copy of it or something like that. It, so basically, when Trey Parker and Matt Stone were in film school, yes. they made this film called Cannibal the Musical. They it's were, their final project. It's their final project. Yeah. They were in it. They directed it, I think. Pretty sure. They wrote it for sure. Yeah. And it's... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's about the like the gold digging times. Yeah. What would that, like the frontier times? or Prospecting. Prospecting era. Yeah. And 1840s something around there and basically the there's this group of people who are trying to get from one town to the next and they ended up getting lost and so they end up eating each other and it's maybe sort of kind of <laughs> it's ridiculous I don't even know how to explain it there's a song about a snowman let's build a snowman let's it's build a, great a snowman song. it's a great song um, we could call him our best friend we could make him tall or, or we can make him not so tall snowman <laughs> 
What's the? It's a spadoinkle day. Spadoinkle day. The sky is blue and all the leaves are green. My heart's as full as a baked potato. I think you know exactly what I mean when, when I, I say, say it's, it's a, a spadoinkle day. day. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the opening song. That's the opening line of the opening song, and it's yep. just ridiculous. When you're watching a movie like that, you know that it sets the standard for the rest of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they used the opening notes from It's a Spadoinkle Day as their company theme thing in front of South Park. Brainer or whatever it was. Yeah, Braniff. Braniff. Yeah. yeah, with the plane. Yeah. yeah, that's from Cannibal the Musical. Which is... Or Alfred Packer the Musical. Sure. You may find it as that as well. Either one, it's the same movie. Um, the most ridiculous part is when they end up going to the like to a, a Native American reserve, I guess, or like at that point, you know, just their their village. Yeah. <laughs> the Native Americans are played by a bunch of Chinese guys, and like it is obvious, like it's it's such a tongue in cheek thing that I'm sure it's offensive. But oh, probably. At the same time, it's just like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't even... You just have to see it. And it's one of those ones, if you can find it, great. If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. It's definitely, definitely worth trying to make... Trying the effort. Might be a doll situation. Find it on YouTube. Could be. Might be able to do something like that. Oh, dolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Told you about that movie so many times. Yeah. I wonder if I've rated that on my maybe. Anyway. I hope so. Hey, Sean, tell me about your number seven. My number seven, Dave? Yeah. It's The Music Man. Damn it. Of course it's the of music course. man. I wonder I knew it was gonna be on there, I just yeah. wasn't sure where. If you have watched Family Guy, you know three quarters of the songs from The Music Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Seth MacFarlane loves this musical to no end. He takes so much from it. If you really like Lyle Landley, Lyle Landley is essentially Harold Hill, who is the main character from The Music Man. Right. That is the premise. A con man comes into town to try and swindle honest people out of their money and ends up learning a lesson. It's a 60s musical, so as opposed to Lyle Landley, whose lesson is it lands in North Haverbrook. Brockton, Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. I think it's North Haverbrook that they land. That they land, and then they hit him with boards with nails in them. There he is, E15! Yeah. Yeah. This one, he learns a lesson about community and family and that sort of stuff. But he he comes in to pose as a boys band leader to try and get them to give him money for instruments and for uniforms and that sort of thing. And in the process falls in love with Shirley Jones and then How can you not like, fall in love with Shirley Jones? So <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. Is she the one from the apartment? No. No, that's Shirley McLean. Damn it. Okay. Well, Shirley Jones is still also attractive. Yeah. Well, she was Shirley Renfrew in the Partridge family. Yeah. Like the mom. Yeah. So, yeah. But this was a decade before the Partridge sure. family. But, uh, yeah. No, it's uh, Shapoopy. Yeah. This. Okay. Because I remember – because you just recently watched it within the last year or two, hey? Like, with the last couple years. Yeah. Because well, I, I remember – I watch it once every couple years, so yes. Oh, Okay. Because I remember, like, you were texting him just be like, oh, my God, this is from The Music Man, and this is, oh, this yeah. is from The Music Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Shapoopy, 76 trombones. That's from The Music Man? Yeah. Uh, the, Interesting. I don't know if you've seen that Family Guy one where it's the bustling townswomen song. There's, there's a scene from Family Guy where it's, like, 
talk a little, talk a bit, talk a little, talk yeah. a little more, cheap, 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 talk a little more. That is also Music Man. Honestly, if you've seen Family Guy, you have seen half, at least, of the Music Man. Amazing. Um, but it's worth it on its own. It's great. I learned 76 trombones in grade 7 because I played the trombone. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that that was from the Music Man. 76 trombones formed the big parade. Yeah. 110 that's... clarinets close behind, followed by rows and rows of the finest troubadours and horns of every shape and kind. Exactly. Yeah. That's him convincing them about a band. It's the Music Man. All of this well, is the Music crap, Man. crap, you guys. That's the thing. I don't even old... need to see it. I feel like I've seen it all already. No, you need to see the actual Shapoopy <laughs> to see how like spot on the Family Guy Shipoopy. one is. Shapoopy. It's so... And like... And it's sung by one of those like 60s songs guys. Yeah. Like, Peter is close. Yeah. So it's just like, mmm, this okay. is perfect. My number seven is The Lion King. Great. <laughs> One of, actually, technically three animated, but only two Disney. Oh, okay. It's The Lion King. It is now sure. a Broadway musical. Yep. Of course, it can be made into a... Yeah, why not? Right? The music's great. The so. music's great. Elton John did a tremendous job in Tim Rice. I think that was... I believe so. I think that's... Because he's got his other partner, Bernard something or whatever, that he writes all his, his stuff with. But I think this was Elton John and Tim Rice on The Lion King. And Tim Rice from JCS. So, yeah. Okay. It's just great music. Yep. Came out in, what, 94? I think so. Something like that. I was 11 years old when it came out. It was just, it's it's a fun movie. The Circle of Life is great. Yeah. Just can't wait to be king. Sure. When you're growing up, those are classic songs. I don't love them as much as the other Disney one on my list because the songs don't stand the test of time as much with me as this other one, but... Other than Circle of Life. Other than Circle of Life. Circle of Life will never age. Right? It's an amazing song. Well, and any anybody who has any baby or anything has probably held them up and done the... Ah, like, yeah. It just... Simpsons did it, of course, Simpsons in the itchy did it. and scratchy musical. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Yep. I mean... I know you're not a big Modern Family guy, but the no. first episode of Modern Family, when you finally realize that everybody's related and and the Cam and Mitchell have adopted their kid, he comes in and holds her up a la Lion King. It's so, so Great. well done. And that was kind of what sold me on the first few seasons of Modern Families because okay. I thought that was very fun. And yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And <clears throat> it's ridiculous. It's been one of those, I've quoted it, probably on a weekly basis my entire life and don't even realize it because it I watch it so many times that they're just things that are ingrained in you that you don't know I say things that I know are a reference to something but yeah. don't know what they're a reference to because they've just become a part of my everyday vernacular if all else fails just say it's the music man <laughs> I'm there is going to be a day Dave will watch it and that next podcast will be 10 minutes of me just sitting back and Dave explaining how everything he's ever said is from the music man challenge accepted <laughs> do you have that one PBR? I think I can't do. remember I think so I'm pretty sure I told you the last time oh, it was on man. I have all the things PBR'd well yeah that's why you need to start watching them I know uh, was it Seven Brothers or the Seven Brothers? There's that. Yes. The Music Man. Yep. Okay, great. Good. Oh, I can delete ne- Popstar Never Stop Stopping. Well, if you have to. <laughs> Apparently I have to put more room for all the other things you want me to watch. So, yes, I have to. That's not really a musical. It's more of a documentary about... Because if that's the case, then we could talk about Spinal Tap, and that's not a musical. 
My number six? Yeah. Awesome. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Okay. I've heard of that one. I I have a vague idea of it, but... It's the life story of George M. Cohan. Do you know who George M. Cohan is? Is he the man who wrote the Star Spangled Banner? No. No. But you're on the right track. Okay. He's one of the only Broadway men to win a Congressional Medal of Honor. Oh. He wrote Over There. Oh, okay. And he did the war... He tried to get into the war... Uh, World War One, but he was too old at that point. Okay, so he did tons of USO style tours. He wrote tons of patriotic songs, and that's why it's called Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yankee Doodle Dandy is one of George M. Cohan's biggest shows ever. Right, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, and so Yankee Doodle went to town is tied into okay his musical. Okay, wow. Yeah, so it, it's James Cagney playing George M. Cohan. James Cagney's a brilliant dancer and really oh yeah yeah interesting yeah okay i just always assumed he was kind of like a tough guy that too yeah but i mean i guess clint eastwood took dance classes and he was in paint your wagon dave (laughs) have you seen paint your wagon i have it's terrible it's well no it's like a six five seven for me okay it's not great but it's fine and do clint and lee marvin both sing in it weirdly sure okay Two prospectors sharing a wife. If seven brides for seven brothers doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, there's always paint your way. <laughs> I hope there's enough people who have seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers that get why I keep saying that. Uh, it's super awkward. That's another one Dave will come in and be like, what was that? <laughs> and I will say, yeah. Uh, I mean, you'll... Usually if I watch a movie that I know Sean has seen and seen kind of recently, I will text him as I'm watching it. And I won't – I will never, ever say, hey, I'm about to watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I will just – once the first thing that kind of makes me go, WTF comes up, I will just text him and be like – Why is this song called Bless Your Beautiful Hide? I'm so uncomfortable. I'll be like, <laughs> so I'll be like oh, yep. I know exactly where you are. And wait, oh, you just wait until the rape scene comes up. No, there's no rape scene. No. Just songs. Oh, sorry. My bad. Uh, okay, I think you've told me about Yankee Doodle Dandy because I, I remember. Yeah. Thank you for getting it back on track. <laughs> if one of us is going to derail, it's the other person's job to get us back on track. Yeah, I, I remember kind of you telling me about it, and I just have a like I I couldn't quite remember it, but I yeah. Anyway, yeah, it sounds interesting. It's one of the AFI top one hundred films of all time. Oh, like it's spectacular. Cool. And it was kind of borderline, is it musical enough? But the, it felt more musical to me than some of the other ones that we were talking sure. about. Sure. For sure. Okay. And it does specifically follow him through his life, and his life is mostly vaudeville, Broadway, playwright, acting, dancing, all of that sort of stuff. Very cool. Okay, well then, I, I, I'll give it a pass. Yeah. Nifty. My number six is Phantom of the Opera. Which one? The, the what is her name? I, I don't the know. One from Shameless, um, the most recent one. Oh, okay, fine. Um, is there another musical version of it? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen the other one. Okay. Like, I mean, the Broadway Phantom or the the Michael Crawford Phantom of the Opera stage production is my favorite musical. Full stop. Okay, cool. I saw. I've seen it twice. It's coming back this summer, and I would really, really like to see it again. But tickets are ludicrously expensive, and it's Phantom. It's Phantom, right? So I don't know if I'll be able to. But I love the music. I love mm. the story. 
it's just it's one that sticks with me. But I didn't love the film enough for it to crack my top five. That's fair. I thought it was good, but it wasn't. It didn't capture what I love so much about the the about stage Phantom. production exactly. Yeah. So while the music was still very good, and oh, yeah. and I mean, and the performances were good. What is her name? It's ah, gonna. I'll look. Thank you. And I can't remember the name of the guy who. But I mean, she's gone. She's gone on to play like as Christine. She. She's Amy Rossum. Amy Rossum. Thank you. She went on to to go and sh- in, to star in Shameless, and that's yeah. a really fun show. And it, apparently, it's the the American one is now on Netflix, so that's really good. So I can watch more than just the first season. Okay. Uh, but Gerard Butler was Phantom. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. So Patrick Wilson was the. Oh yeah. Interesting. So, Raul. Yeah. So a decent cast, but not necessarily people that you would considered to be. I think Amy Rossum was people, spe- very good as Christine. Sure. I thought she did very well. Jerry yeah. Butler's Phantom was okay. Okay. It was fine. Yeah, and so, like, that was kind of the... Like, what's the bar? Is the bar Russell Crowe's Javert? Because if that's the bar, then Jared Butler's fine. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes you don't get the... You don't get the musical theater people because they're too busy doing musical theater. Well, they're not the names. And that's the other That's problem. actually the problem because, believe me, they would go for the hours and the days of a film probably... As well, because sure. the money is the money is great. You know, you go do five times. You go do Phantom of the Opera, get paid to be the Phantom in the film, and then go back to doing something on Broadway. That's yeah, that's all right. So anyway, it was very good. Certainly warranted being right in the middle of my of my top ten. Just sure. not good enough that I felt like it could crack my top five. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, oof, it's a good one. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this long at first because I I can seen talk any of about them. this stuff. I know. <laughs> the second half of our list is brought to you by Gamlore the Destructor. Of course it is. Praise Gamlore. That that's that's literally just just praise. And we're back. Yep. John? <laughs> Every once in a while, we should consider maybe having me do it if I'm starting. <laughs> it just, that's the way we've always it's done tradition. it. It's tradition. Right? Tradition. Is Fiddler not on your thing? It's it's later. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> I, like, I kind of, I wish that was the transition there. I really do, but <laughs> no, it, it's Spoilers for the rest of the podcast, it's, I guess. Yeah, it's higher on the list. Okay. I feel bad about the way Gold Diggers of 1933 went, Dave. Oh, no. So, Uh my number five... Gold Diggers of 1935. No, Broadway Melody of 1936, which came out in... 1936? 1935. Are you kidding me? I'm not. How does this make sense? Gotcha. (laughs) The 30s were stupid. (laughs) Can't argue with the 30s, Dave. (laughs) can't argue with the 30s it's basically another it's like gold diggers of 1933 it's about a guy staging a new show short on money he gets an offer from a young wealthy widow who wants to be in the show if he can't find a star so then a friend of his from high school poses as a star and it goes off from there okay uh jack benny is in it eleanor powell is in it do you know who eleanor powell is i'm not sure okay i don't know the name Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what you would know her from not 
being okay. really into musicals. Right. Um, one of if we ever do a top dancers thing, if if you're ever not here and I need <laughs> to fill some time and someone asks me to do the best dancers of all time, she would probably be top two. She is a brilliant dancer, and she is one of the few dancers in that era who didn't use a choreographer. She did it herself because she could. Really? Yeah. Interesting. She was a ballerina Okay. who then noticed that, and a classically trained dancer, who then noticed that she wasn't getting a lot of parts, so taught taught herself and learned from, like, through classes and junk. Tap. Dang. So she can do both together at the same time. So Ballet she, and tap. So she looks like a ballerina when she's moving, but she's also tap dancing. It's ridiculous. She's amazing. Cool. Broadway Melody was her franchise. Okay. Essentially. So there's one in 38 and one in 40. I've only seen 36, but I have the other two PVR'd, so I'm going to be watching them. This is actually the one I've seen the most recently. Okay. Within the last week. Oh, yeah. wow. And it's number five on your list. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. Cool. It's so good. It's one of the few musicals. It's very dance heavy because okay. it is. she is a dancer sure. and her singing is dubbed. She has a good voice, but this is still the time when you can get a get away with having a different singer. Isn't that kind of the premise of Singing in the Rain? It is, okay. which we'll talk about okay. later. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know the name Buddy Ebsen? Yeah. This is his first film. Oh, yeah. his first film? Yes. Well, shut my mouth. <laughs> He's awesome in it. You, le- you meet him, and I don't remember who plays his sister. I could look it up, but you probably won't know the name anyway. Yeah. They are singing, sing a song before breakfast, okay. and they're dancing together, putting a breakfast table on top of the roof of the building that Eleanor Powell's character just moved into. So then she goes up and watches them. They have a conversation. Then they do the song together. And there's one point where they're all dancing in a line, and Buddy Epson gets off step. You can see Eleanor Powell correct him, look, and then nod and keep dancing. And it's just brilliant. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. <sighs> If that's a character choice, it's a brilliant choice. And if it's not, and it's just Eleanor Powell being like, you're off a little, there you go. Then that's also great. So Very cool. And I rewound it and watched that section over again after the movie was done. Because I'm like, I just, I want to watch Buddy Epson again. That's very, very cool. Yep. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that one. And by I'll keep an eye out. I'll let you know. Thank you. (laughs) My number five is Aladdin. Okay. My other of the Disney movies. And this is the one, like I said, I feel like... The songs resonate with me a little bit. Not resonate, because they it's not like... <laughs> Your ringtone is not a whole new world. No, exactly. And that's one of the ones that I deal with the least. But the one when he's... Deal with the least. That I, I think of the least. But like <laughs> Prince Ali and sure. um, Never Had a Friend Like Me. Of course, the Robin and, Williams. Uh, what's the, the one... When he's going through the street in one step ahead of the bat... Like whatever oh, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. is. Yeah. I really like that one. Uh, so I... Those are the ones that now I'll kind of have those in my head, even though I don't haven't seen Aladdin in years. Right. Those are the ones that kind of s- stick with me. Yeah. And sure. technically, that's also a Broadway musical now. So yep. I felt like I could put it on there, and it's it was synonymous with I'm my childhood, with and <laughs> there's a ton of songs to it, and a whole new world is overdone, and every almost every episode that there was an American Idol person auditioning, they would sing a whole new world. Sure. But 
there's a reason why it's done because it's yep. a beautiful song. I don't. That's a fairly easy key. There's not a lot of changes. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of shifts. It's something where you can actually let your voice kind Absolutely. of show. Yeah. So you can show what it's made of, and then after that, you can. Then you're in trouble because you're going to have to start stretching. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. But it's one where you can. It's a good audition piece. I, I worked on a show a couple of years ago where there was a guy who was very pitchy and was really frustrating to listen to. Right. And I was really glad when I didn't have to listen to him anymore. Right. And I was wondering how he got the gig. And I'm guessing that he probably has an, a, an audition song or a couple audition songs that he does very well. Yep. And because he can do those ones, it's like, oh, he's got a unique voice and he's a great, great singer. And then you get him on stage doing anything but those songs, and... It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I remember him saying, oh, you guys should do Jesus Christ Superstar so I can come play Jesus. I'm going, you're not... No. No. (laughs) No. Unless his two audition songs are Jesus from JCS. Sure, but... If they are, because then he already has those nailed, you only have to teach him one or two more, because... Most of the songs in that that people care about are Judas or my favorite by Simon, I think. Right. So yeah. Anyway, so I was just like, ah, glad I don't have to make. I'm glad I don't have to be the one to tell you that that's never going to happen. Anyway, uh, also he just wasn't terribly loved by people anyway. So Eh, fair enough. Yeah. Throwing the shade around on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know who else sucks. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Probably good. Yeah. We were talking about Aladdin, right? Yeah. That was that was what that was? I can't remember how we got from Aladdin to me talking crap about people. I'm not sure. Let's just keep going. Whole, whole new world. We started talking right, about the audition pieces. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. makes sense. People wonder if we make those up or if we're doing that for comedy. No, nope. That's <laughs> that's literally we just kind of do that. and <laughs> We can't remember what we Don't remember doing. what we were doing. We just talked for an hour and a half and hit stop. Yep. And then Sean edits it. Sometimes it's still an hour and a half. Sometimes it's down shorter. to an hour 15 without all my ums. And, and the then, pauses. And the pauses. And Yeah. Then we have a podcast. Exactly. So yeah, we just scramble. So keep rambling, Sean, while I take a drink of water. I'll ramble about my number four, one that you've totally seen. You haven't seen it. It's called 42nd Street. Okay. It's also from 1933. Okay. It's also a Busby Berkeley. Okay. Could you guess what the plot is? Based on all of the other 30s musicals, I've been like, here's here's the plot. Somebody who's trying to make a show. Right. And hires friends. Yep. Uh, and then things don't go well, and there's some sort of tension. Right. But then the show ends up being a wild success. This is, yes, essentially. This is the one that started, as far as I'm aware, if I'm wrong, tweet me at Sean Cord. This is the one that started the naive newcomer, the understudy stepping in and becoming a star. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's this movie. Ah. So it's Broadway producers putting last Broadway show together. The last moment, the star hurts her ankle or something like that. So then the newcomer steps in and takes over okay and it's great it's a i mean it's your number four yep it better be great ruby keeler's awesome 
I don't expect you to know that name, but if you start watching 30s musicals, you are going to see tons of Ruby Killer. Oh, okay. Uh, this is another amazing Busby Berkeley. This is the top-down sort of oh, stuff. It's the symmetry. Man. It's the that's circles. That's been done a thousand times, but it looks so cool. I yeah. love those shots. And that's – he is the one that did them. Okay. They are his. This is what he brought to – That was his brainchild, and then yes. – Everybody who's done it since then can it's have basically him to a, a a poor copy of his because his were always just that little bit better. Even when I was watching the my last film, Broadway Melody of nineteen thirty six, there's one Berkeley esque moment where they're trying to do the sort of symmetrical movement thing. Right. And while I'm watching it, I'm like, girl number six, she's off. That dress isn't the same. That one's a little off. That's a little delayed. And it's just, it's not the same. Yeah. For whatever reason, he was just so precise and so good at it. I'm just curious how much work went into rehearsing something like that to ensure that it got so good. Days and days and days. And I've seen the way that some choreographers have worked and they're just like slave drivers and they just yep. you do it again and again and again and again and again and again and <laughs> yeah until it's perfect yep and I mean and his are perfect yeah always cool if you notice a flaw it's amazing <laughs> really yeah and usually it's not a choreography flaw it's the a dress transition or something because a lot of the stuff plays with the costumes sure the costumes in these are gorgeous so flowing and yeah yeah there was uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's one where they're all in white, okay. essentially, and they're they're spinning, and as they spin from the front and moving backwards, it goes from white to black. So they're just it's just dropping, and so it's like, oh, that's amazing. Oh no, that dress, oh, that dress just was not at the same timing as all the oh. other ones, and I bet you it drove him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sits around opening and just like. Ah. <laughs> Like, for the rest of the movie, he's just so disgruntled. Bust me, that was great. I don't want to talk about it. He just punches the guy and walks out. (laughs) You just wait till 44th Street. It'll be way better. (laughs) Might have been made. I don't know. Everything's Broadway melodies of 1936. Broadway melodies of 1938. Broadway melodies of 1940. Why not 42nd Street, 44th Street, 46th? I realize it. Broadway and 42nd 42nd Street is such a... So you guys don't need to tell me why I'm wrong. I'm just make, making a joke, you guys. Yeah. All the angry movie musical <laughs> tweets Dave's going to get. Yeah. Do it. Oh, God. That's when I'm going to finally get start getting tweets. The musical episode. <laughs> <clears throat> How do you not know Ruby Keeler? Go. <laughs> That's it. Block. Oh. Okay. My number four is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Okay. I, I saw this movie. We've talked about it a bunch of times sure. in various podcasts. I really like it. I like South Park. This, I mean, this was right around the time when South Park started really getting good. Yep. It was kind of the their step up to getting, I guess, more funding and... Um, yeah, ramping production. And... Yeah, because I think this came out just before season four. It's 2000, so yeah. Somewhere around there. And so... I think I don't know if they got more money because of the movie, the success of the movie, or if it was just if it all kind of went hand in hand. But it's there's some great songs. I like the spoof of uh, when Satan sings up there, a oh. Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's just I know it's not your favorite. It's not, but but I appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's just funny and like Trey and Matt can write very good songs. Yes, 
if I haven't seen Book of Mormon, but I've heard a bunch of songs from Book of Mormon, I mean, Cannibal. Yeah. They're in here twice, you guys. Yeah. This Cannibal, they're, they're film their project, film school project. Their film school project. Yeah. And then South Park. Obviously, I like their, their writing style. So yeah. it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's South Park. They blame Canada because Canada is responsible for potty mouths. And then the the tongue-in-cheek joke is that they'll go to war over somebody saying offensive language. So they don't mind the violence that happens. But it's all about, you know, you can't say F or S or anything like that. And it's yep. ridiculous. It is. There's a USO show. It's the introduction oh, of Butters. Yeah. It's <sighs> that is my favorite part because I love Butters. When at the end of La Resistance, I think when they're I running so. and he's got the flag and he trips and falls, and that's that's kind of the first time we've ever seen Butters, and it's yeah. just it's so perfect. Yeah, so it's it's cool. Yeah, South Park. I mean, it's South Park. It's an hour and a half long version or episode of South Park with more songs. Yeah, basically. And that's why I like it. Great. Yeah. Number three? That's where we're at. Fiddler. Oh, okay. This is where Fiddler is. Yeah. You really like it, hey? I love Fiddler. Yeah. Yeah. The 71 version of Fiddler on the Roof is spectacular. Is it? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, it's one of those ones, I'm again, I'm familiar with the songs, I'm familiar with, the, kind of familiar with the story. Pre-revolutionary Russia, Jewish peasant contending with marrying off his three daughters while... There's a growing anti-Semitism and the rise of the revolution, right. essentially. Okay. Well, that pretty much nailed it. What's the fiddler part? There's a fiddler on the roof. He fiddles. The dad? No. Or just the fiddler? It's the fiddler. Okay. Sean? Yeah? What's the relevance of the fiddler? <laughs> the damn musical is named after him. <laughs> Do I... Do I really have to ex- explain no, you don't the f- fiddler? <laughs> Just like it's all about the dad trying to marry off his daughters and anti-Semitism, and yes, and there's a fiddler, and that's like that's that's who we're going to talk about. But it's a good catchy title, so it is a yes. It's not Tevia up there. No, it's not it's Tevia just, up there. It's a fiddler. That's it. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> that's great. Uh, do you need to talk about that anymore? Like, is there, what more can we talk about with Fiddler on the Roof? Well, I'm just We've, trying to figure out if, like, do you want me to find a theme for you? No, it's you? fine. <laughs> it's just kind of, it just seems so weird. It's like, you have this main plot line and just all these ideas and these major themes and everything. And then it's just right. like, well, and we'll take a break and just watch this guy play his violin. Well, he's providing tone though yeah as well right i mean it's unfair for me to say anything because i haven't actually seen a production of it so i don't oh. okay <laughs> i've but, seen it live and have you own. yeah well i know just before my second stage west show that i designed they did fiddler and i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to try and get to the the closing night production right but i had to be doing my light plot because i didn't see a run of the show until too late and then too late and so I didn't get yeah. to I didn't get a chance to come back and see it so I was disappointed I knew a bunch of people in the show I, I had some you know a couple friends who I knew because of that show that I have become better friends with now and I was right. really quite disheartened that I wasn't able to see it because it is one that I everybody has heard of Fiddler on the Roof and everybody yeah. knows it I just I haven't had the opportunity yet to see it 
It's also three hours long. Yeah, it's a very long production. Yeah. A lot of musicals are, though. A lot of musicals can be long. Can be. Like, is the movie version three hours long? Yes. Wow. On my list, it's rare if they're over an hour and a half. I mean, on mine, there aren't a lot of long ones either. So... But I'm just... Stage musicals are longer, yeah. That's what I was thinking, was stage production. Movie but musicals? Still, and there's some stage movie or stage musicals that aren't as long either. Like, you can yep. just trim the fat. <laughs> the producers! Okay. Uh, the the Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane one. Yeah, the musical. Yeah. Is the, is the original not a musical? No. Oh, okay. It's a movie. Which right. is then turned into a Broadway musical. Which is then turned back into a musical, musical movie. movie. Okay, right. right. Uh, I mean, it's I remember growing up and watching something on Mel Brooks, and when they were doing, when when they were originally doing Springtime for Hitler and seeing like the, the swastika pinwheel, I just giggled because it was which so absurd. Which is a Busby Berkeley reference. Is it? Oh, sure. Of course of it course is. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it would be. <laughs> It was just so ridiculous, but that wasn't the musical. And then I saw, like, we were at, I watched it at your place back yeah, you in did. the was before when he lived in Breezebois. Yeah. And uh, I think we rented it or. No, I own it. Do you? I, oh, okay. I got it pretty much right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I think I must have said something about having not seen it. Like, well, that's changing tonight. And it was, it's just so ridiculous. I yeah. mean, Nathan Lane plays such a good shyster. Yeah, he does. I guess, for lack of a better term. And, I mean, Matthew Broderick is such a good straight. square. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great straight man. Nathan, they play so well off each other. And they were the original cast on the Broadway. Yes. Right? Okay. I know it's, it had gone on to do other, and I think Matthew Broderick might have gone back and done it again. And Yeah, they're and forth, all over but, the place. Yeah, but they were the originals on Broadway as well, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, and so they play off of each other so well. And, yep. and Will Ferrell is the writer of... Springtime for it Hitler. It is Springtime for Hitler, right? Mm-hmm. And Uma Thurman? Yeah. She play, yeah. Like, it's just very well cast, and the concept is so good. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of trying to make, uh, like, the worst musical and just blow it out so you can basically make the money from that one night, and that's it. Was that? No, it's to raise more money than you need to make the musical. So you right. sell right, over right, percentages right, 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 of right. shares. So if it closes the first day you pocket a bunch of money that you already raised that you didn't, quote-unquote, raise for right. the musical. Right, right, right. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen it. I knew I was That's I fine. knew I was getting something wrong. I was like, no, there's something that doesn't seem right. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And then turning into this gigantic success. and Yeah, because Roger Elizabeth Dupree is amazing as Hitler, so because originally the writer was going to play Hitler, and it probably would have bombed, but then the director takes over and plays it very camp, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Very camp. And Will Ferrell with the the Nazi pigeon and like it's yep. just it's it's so cheesy and so campy and yep. just so perfect as a musical. Yeah, it's a great musical. Yeah, I likes it. Cool. What's your favorite song? I don't ask that of you about most of them, but oh, I can't remember the one with all the typewriters. Oh, unhappy. Yeah. 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 It's been long enough that I can't remember the names of all of them. I also do love Springtime for Hitler. It's just so... That's such an iconic... Right. Iconic song from that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, mine is definitely the one where they're convincing Roger to direct. 
where you meet the his choreographer and the lighting designer and the set designer, Keep It Gay. Oh, yeah. Keep It Gay is my favorite song in there. Okay, fair. That's also pretty great. <laughs> He's having a stroke. What of genius! <laughs> Love that song. Uh, amazing. I also, I did the usual kind of thing. I don't, the producers would have been around my honorable mention, maybe 10, if it wasn't for La La Land. It probably sure. would have been fighting Hairspray for 10. But once I knew it was on your list, I was like, nope, we'll, we'll be just able to talk, talk about, about it. it. Later for it's sure. great. Yeah. And sometimes that is where lists go is, oh, you're putting that one on there? I won't talk about it even though it would make it on. So these are quote unquote top 10s, but there's. Well, in that case, it would have been an honorable mention. Right. Over Topsy Turvy, probably. Sure. So. In this case, it makes more sense to talk about it when you're talking about it at number three rather than me being like, my honorable mention is higher on Dave's list. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like sometimes, you know, if mine's at five and yours is at three, I'm not going to cut it because it's at five. Yeah. But if it's a number 10 or an honorable mention, I think, okay, well, I can find something else to slot in that 10 spot. Exactly. Yeah. Number two, Mm -hmm. Footlight Parade. Okay. James Cagney. The man who was just clearly so well-known for his musicals. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he was at the time, but again, as somebody who didn't know he was in musicals, I just assume that he's a tough guy. And so, anyway. And that's fair, because yeah. a lot of the most well-known 30s gangster movies are James Cagney James ones. Cagney. Hey, Sean, is this a Busby Berkeley? Maybe. <laughs> huh. Sean just showed me a picture of a really cool, very well choreographed, incredibly symmetrical formation, and I thought, gee, I wonder who this could be. Yeah. Oh, that looks like a cake. Yeah. They do look like a cake. <laughs> this one is... Uh, What's this one called? The Footlight Parade? Footlight Parade. I was going to call it the Footloose Parade. I'm like, that's not quite <laughs> no. right. So it's Jimmy Cagney, okay. Joan Blondell, you know the name? Mm-hmm. Love Joan Blondell. Ruby Keeler and Dick Powell. Another okay. name you will know if you start watching 30s musicals. Okay. Dick Powell is in tons of them. <clears throat> it is about a man who is struggling with romance and time and trying to prevent spies from stealing his prologues. In the 30s, there were prologues, which were essentially fantastical musical numbers that were put on in movie houses before movies. Because oh, you were going to the movies for a whole, you got, for a nickel, you got a cartoon and a musical number and a show. But, Great. So this is a, a movie about a company that specifically puts together those musical prologues for movie houses in New York, probably. Cool. Yeah. What an interesting concept. Is that why? Now, <clears throat> I don't know if my hometown had prologues and I don't know how long my hometown had a movie theater, but like, <laughs> At the, the at the end of our theater, there was a stage, and yep. there was yeah, interesting. That's why, very cool. It's also where for silence you could put the orchestra if you had a full orchestra or just oh, a piano sure. player or that sort of stuff, or if you had a narrator. Or th- so that was why there were stages. So yeah, there were. This was a thing. Interesting. Yeah. What a cool idea. It really was. They have this thing. Uh, it's called the fifth reel, I think. Here in, in Calgary. And so basically every once a month they do this thing in Kensington where you go and the, the event starts at about 7 o'clock and there's a band and everybody it, – and it's always an older movie. Like I saw The Big Lebowski there. Okay. I saw Labyrinth there. I think I saw one more movie there. But you see these movies and you can get drinks there. But there's always a band beforehand and the band is usually pretty bad. Well. But 
it's all about the event. And when I first saw it, I was I j- literally had gotten home from Edmonton that day, and uh, we went and saw the Big Lebowski. And I found out we were going to see the Big Lebowski on the big screen. I was like, "This is awesome!" Nice. And I got really indignant because everybody was yelling things at the at the the screen. And then I thought, so I, was, I just want to see this on the big screen. Then realized what it was and thought, "Oh, yeah, it's." People who are as big a fan as I am, who are getting together to in, to revel in this with other fans yeah, of the movie. It's a mini Lebowski fest for you. Exactly. Yes. So once I kind of realized that, then all of a sudden it was better. Yeah. But the bands, historically, are usually pretty crappy. Yeah. But it's all part of the event. So, I mean, exactly. I would rather see something cool like a Busby Berkeley type choreography. <laughs> yeah. But usually it's like a three-piece indie band from Calgary. So not Ruby Keeler and Dick Powell singing to each other while there's 60 dancers dancing in perfect unison in swan costumes? No! Well. How hard is that to organize? <laughs> like, well, according to this movie, it takes like a week. So... See? Piece of cake. <laughs> huh. I just, for the fun of it, I want you to tell me what year you think this came out in. 1933. Yeah. How Same as he... 42nd Street and Gold Diggers of 1933. And he did all those? Yeah? How do you do that many? I guess if you're a choreographer, you just choreograph Set dances. to set to set, man. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. You're on the WB lot, then you go to MGM, then you go back to WB, or you stay on WB. Yeah, no. Impressive. The, it was also studio era, which means it's movie factory, which mm-hmm. means they, if you're a star, you make four to five movies a year. That's insane. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, to be clear... Three of my top ten movies came out in the same year, 1933. Impressive. My number two did not come out in 1933. I don't want to listen to it then. (laughs) My number one. (laughs) What is it? Chicago. Oh, yeah, sure. That's Fosse, right? Not the original. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not the... The, it's like, nope, pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, not the one with <laughs> Renée Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, but there's still Fosse-type choreography. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's Fosse. It's Fosse. The music is great. I yeah. like the idea. I mean, it's it takes place in prison, essentially. Pretty it's much. women who kill people. and I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's something so fun. Kill I've, their husbands. Kill their husbands. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that the he had it coming. That mm-hmm. song is all about that. I mean, there's some there's some edgy songs. It's got that kind of hot jazz sound to it. Yeah. Um, it's from a from a lighting designer standpoint. I would love to light Chicago because there's so much like super saturated colors and everything and red. Cost, all right, the red. All red. Super sexy costumes and fishnets and then like it's yep. just everything about Chicago is appealing to me. And I would love a chance to do this show. Sure. Um, but the the production with the budget. With a budget, yeah. sure. <laughs> hey, Dave, I got 500 bucks doing Chicago. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just go work on something else. <laughs> uh, the, I think the, the production is very, or the, the movie is very good. It is good. I thought that Renee and, I mean, considering Catherine Zeta-Jones was three months pregnant or something when they were filming, yeah, something, something like that. around there. She did a tremendous job, and the dancing is great, and the... Um, the Richard Gere, Renee Zellweger bit when when he's she's the the marionette. I thought that oh, yeah. was really fun. And like, there's and John C. Riley is Amos is just his Mister Cellophane. Is his Mister Cellophane is so fun. Yeah, yeah. So I I really liked it. I'm I can see why it won the Oscar. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it, it, 
was hard pressed to to not have it my number one. Well, we have something to look forward to. I then. know. My number one. I have a feeling I know what it is. Probably, it's singing in the rain. We talked about it earlier. Exactly, and I haven't said it yet. yet. So, so yeah. Like, by power of deduction, <laughs> it's a little less impressive, but yes. Uh, I'm not surprised. I know you love this movie. Yeah, it's Adore Gene Kelly. This movie. Yes, it's Debbie De- Reynolds. Is it Debbie Reynolds? Yes. Nice. It's Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, and De- Debbie Reynolds. Okay, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and it's a cool story. It is. I think the, the What's concept... What's the story, Dave? <laughs> you said it. Uh, no, I, I... Well, because we talked about it earlier. It's like, isn't that the concept of Singing in the Rain? Yeah. And so it's a a movie company, right? Right. And there's a lady who is very beautiful, but they dub her voice over. Yep. And then do they end up finding out that she has a great voice and then... No. Okay. So she has she, a terrible she, voice. She does have a terrible voice. Yeah. Okay. Debbie Reynolds plays the person who is dubbing her voice. Oh, right. But then do they discover her and realize that she's beautiful and so they put her in the something along those lines? Uh, essentially, yeah. Okay. It's a silent film company transitioning into sound. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, yes. Right. Okay. I I know I haven't seen the movie, obviously. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have put it on here. I would assume so. Um, but I also, like, I, I remember seeing parts of it when, when a company was doing it at the Pompas. I'd pop in from kind of the side stage and watch a little bit, but I didn't see enough to know the entire premise of it. Well, the thing is, is it's also something of a review. Oh, Because a lot of the songs are lifted from other musicals that were not super successful and then put together. Oh, cool. And Singing in the Rain was not very successful when it came out. The movie or the song? The well, the song wasn't successful when it first came out, okay. and then it got put into this, and then they built around it. But no, so the movie was not. The song "Singing in the Rain" is not from originally, originally from, from "Singing in the Rain." No, really? Yeah, interesting. It was written for something else that closed in like a week or something. Oh, okay. If I remember my story correctly. Sure. And now this also has the song "Good Morning," right? Is that? I believe so. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I thought that was "Singing in the Rain." Anyway, um, make them laughs in this too. Oh, okay. So yeah, cool. And I mean. It's Gene Kelly dancing on streetlights. Yep. It's great. Everybody. It's in the top 100 movies on IMDb. It's in the top 100 movies on AFI. It's in... Did it also win a, an Oscar? I don't believe so, because oh. like I just said, nobody really cared oh, for yeah, it. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I totally <laughs> listened to you. Um, it was nominated, but it didn't okay. win. And it wasn't very successful, but it became successful One of those time. movies that... At the time, wasn't appreciated, but now is seen as what it was. Interesting. Yeah. So, why do you figure it wasn't, didn't get, garner that success right from the get-go? I don't know. Yeah, interesting. It's just, maybe because it's a review, maybe because it was very light. Oh, And it's coming out, that's early 50s, so musicals are sort of dying by that right. point. Right. There's still the odd one, yes, sure. but I it's mean, not the 30s, right? Where every other movie was a musical. Every other movie? Sure. Sure. Half were gangster movies, <laughs> the other half were musicals. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, my number one, Singing in the Rain. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. I will, at some point. It might be. It might be. I don't know. It should be. It should be. Yep. It might be. My number one is Once. Okay, yeah. sure. Glenn Hansard, Marquette Irglova, The Swell Season. Um, 
not your most conventional musical. Like, obviously, Chicago with the producers or Singing in the Rain is more of a musical. conventional musical. Yeah. But this one, there is enough music in it that I felt like it was probably okay. It's also become I feel a... fine with it. Yeah, it's also become a Broadway musical. That, yeah, it's... That has done extremely well. I saw, I saw The Lion King and Once. By which last... you mean winning the Tony. So, yes. What did I say? It's oh, not very oh, well. I was yeah. agreeing with you. Okay. I was just building on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's won the Tony. Yeah, exactly. So I saw The Lion King and Once, uh, the touring productions, a year and a half ago. Okay. And I preferred Once to The Lion King. Sure. But I also love this music. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Great. Uh, it's just, it's beautiful. I think Glenn Hansard's really cool. I think Marketa Irglove is beautiful. Mm. Um, it's essentially a story about a man and a woman who meet randomly in, in Ireland, in Dublin, mm-hmm. and strike up a, a friendship because they're musicians. And right. there's, like, it's odd that it's a love story, but it's not really a love story. Because neither yeah. of them, they don't hook up. They don't ever hook up. No. It's like an emotional affair. Yeah, kind of. exactly. Yeah. And the songs that they sing echo what they're feeling throughout the the, the show. It's just, it's yeah. really, really wonderful. I really like the movie. Um, my friend Ayla introduced me to it, and I watch it <laughs> once every couple <laughs> months. There you go. Yeah. So it's, it, as soon as we started doing this, it's like, oh, that one counts as a musical? That's, sure. that's my number one. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm. Were you here when I had the signed copy of Once? Yes. And I was like, you like Once, right? And I held up the thing and it was signed by them. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. I I, I think I once gave a friend of mine a CD because he was going to see Glenn Hansard at Folk Fest. Like, you can get him to sign this. That will be awesome. But that didn't work out. Uh-huh. My friend Mario from San Francisco, every time Glenn Hansard comes, he's just like, oh, hey, Glenn. And dig chat because they're both musicians and cool. every time they're just like oh yeah it's just hanging out with Glenn Hansard again like, I hate you so much <laughs> anyway Sam I hope you're happy thank you for waiting for us yeah that was it, we had fun we did so yeah it was it was ridiculous and I know I haven't seen any of them on Sean's list but I was hopeful for one I know you were I know you were it's just not the way it goes but hopefully nope. when we do this Another 160 episodes from now. <laughs> Episode 320. Yeah, I can. I'll have more than just these ten. Great. I can come up with ten more. Or you've seen the Music Man. Or I've seen the Music Man. I guess that's it. You, Mister and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast. We want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's for all your musical hatred tweets. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with the U. Why you no say rent? Rent amazing. <laughs> Go. <laughs> and we are at Guys from Podcast. Email guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at the guys from or we'll just go watch the music man as we have already discovered that everything comes from that your question is clearly already in the movie so we'll watch it and hear your question and answer it although come to think of it our answer is probably in the movie too because that movie has everything podcast over (laughs) just watch the music man (laughs) well if you enjoyed all of these podcasts we're apparently not going to do anymore so you guys can watch the music man Tell your friends, tell your family, basically tell everyone you can any way you can. The best thing you can do for us is to leave a rating or review on iTunes as a whole bunch of the other podcatchers use their metric to help new people find podcasts. We are available on pretty much every podcast service worldwide, and if we're missing on one, let me know. I will fix it.
Hey, Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Calvary Friends, check out the show Girl Crush at Lunchbox Theater. It's a one-person show cabaret starting the ludic- ludicrously talented Sharon Matthews. Uh, it's basically her tipping her hat to a bunch of different female vote. Well, not just female, but uh, artists all about female empowerment and everything. It's a beautiful show. Anybody should feel affected having watched it. But if you don't live in Calgary and you live in the States, there's good news because I believe she's going to New York right after this. So Ooh. you can catch it in New York once she's done here. Uh, trust me, you're going to want to see it. John? On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this smashing podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every day. Dave writes throwback tracks every Thursday, trying to write stuff about movies. We're talking about the top 100 lists we're going to start doing. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, where would somebody find that again? www.theguysfrom.com. There you go. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And also, I do this every time we do top tens, and I can promise you no one out there has seen everything on my list, so just do that. Just, Just do it. There you go. Special thanks to The Sweets for our terrific opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And also, as per usual, special thanks to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our takeout music. That's called Fearless First. And he also does our advertising music called Fireflies and Stardust. Well, that was for today's ad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This has been episode 160 of the Guys From Podcast, the Vibretto Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing but our respect and love to Chuck Berry and his family. We lost a great, great, great musician in the last few days here, and we just wanted to say rest in peace, sir, and thank you for basically inspiring all of the rock artists we like now. And for Back to the Future. favorite musicals. Right. And in true Dave and Sean fashion, we felt like we should probably close this out with... The least favorite? The least favorite. Kate, do you want me to go first, or you? I feel really bad saying it, because I know a lot of people love this movie. Okay. But mine's going to be Wizard of Oz. Oh, fair enough. I don't like Wizard of Oz. I've never really cared for it. You also haven't seen tons of musicals. That's Movie fair. musicals. So you will see stuff worse than that, I am sure, Absolutely. at some point. Or stuff that you like less than that. But... Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it was my father's inspiration, or my father's <laughs> encouragement, or lack of it. He hates Wizard of Oz. Okay. More, like, he, he has nothing but awful feelings towards Wizard of Oz. It's just, he doesn't like it. So... How is the solution getting water on the witch? 
That solves everything. Oh, she got wet. Right? I. Somebody was talking about... I heard a comedian the other day talking about how... You know, she says, I'm going to miss you most, Scarecrow, right in front of the Tin Man <laughs> yeah. and the Lion. Like, you know, you couldn't do that as a little bit of an aside. Why don't, you know, if I'm the Tin Man, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. And I go, thanks, Dorothy, you big jerk. Especially now that he has a heart. Yeah. Yeah, he really took that to heart. Jerk. Right? Anyway, so I know that there's going to be stuff that I see that's going to be way worse. It's just because my dad didn't like it, I never really got into it. I mean, it's that's amazing fair. what a parent's influence can do to a person. Oh, yeah. why I like Westerns as much as I do. Sure. So. And haven't seen Paint Your Wagon. I know. It's terrible. Okay, what's yours? <sighs> Originally, it would have been Grease. I oh, hate yeah. Grease. No, I, I really I hate Grease with that the passion. Too. Is it Grease too? Is that what your least favorite one is? No, oh. no, it's. I've come to begrudgingly appreciate parts of Grease. Okay. I can respect what it has accomplished. I can respect hand driving because hand driving's fun. Sure. And I guess, sorry, not to cut you off, but Meh. I could say the same about Wizard of Oz. I mean, the the from a film standpoint, the things that that did was revolutionary. Yeah. So I get that, but anyway. So yeah. you appreciate I can, hand jiving. I, I can appreciate parts of Grease enough that it moves it just slightly above the original The Broadway Melody, which when I write my every Oscar winner ever ranked is probably going to finish last. Really? It And I realize that The Broadway Melody of 1936 is number five on my list, and the original The Broadway Melody, which was released in 1929, is not. Wow. You really don't like it. It's painfully slow. The music is not all that great. The story is... It's not derivative, but it doesn't do anything. It's essentially Uh the same story, but every one that I talked about here at least puts a spin on it. Right. Maybe this is the first one establishing that, but I don't care. Right. And I didn't like any of the characters enough to care. Hmm. I dislike movies and... You will notice this probably on all of my list, but when the main conflict is the fact that two main characters who are supposed to know each other very well, or in this case, our family, just don't tell each other the problem, and that's the hour and a half worth of conflict, I'm out. Yeah, that sounds great. 